welcome to Beyond Beckdale, the podcast about film and feminism. I'm your host, Contrera. of a preamble here with this episode i have invited nick back to the podcast and we discuss the eternal question are popular movies good but with a little skewed look at 2020 and the things that we worldwide watched at the cinema when they were open and mostly on streaming Uh, let's get straight to the episode hope you enjoy Hello, Nick. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. Good. This episode required you to do quite a lot of homework. Did you enjoy the assignment? It wasn't bad, actually. Homework? Uh, Well, watching movies that... That's not really homework. But that you hadn't previously seen, even though... That's definitely not homework. They were the most popular movie so you don't think there was any reason why you hadn't seen oh I, I watch yeah but I watch anything and everything I mean I probably just hadn't got round to it more than anything else fair enough what I decided to do with this episode in terms of research was look at what people had seen in the cinema in the UK in the US and worldwide from the information I could find on the internet plus streaming numbers because things went really strange last year when most of the cinemas in the world were shut down although that happened over many different points so we have these weird kind of peaks and troughs of when people were going to the cinema but nonetheless I am calling these the top I don't know how many, I'm going to read out 10 to 15 movies across cinema and streaming across the world. And I didn't include certain movies that I think were of Chinese origin that kind of were the highest grossing movies in China and surrounding countries, but which kind of skewed the whole world thing. I was kind of going for, I think, English language, but very much at least things that were in English-speaking countries. So I just thought I shouldn't acknowledge that there are some films out there that were seen by, like, millions of people that I don't think we're going to have access to. Prove you're still here. I am still here. (laughs) Waiting for the list. (laughs) Okay, so... Across the board, I would say the most popular movie that people saw last year was Bad Boys for Life. Okay. Which was part of your homework assignment. Mm-hmm. The other movies, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really going to go in any particular order. I'm trying to do the most popular as possible, were 1917, Sonic the Hedgehog, Jumanji the Next Level, The Rise of Skywalker, Birds of Prey, Doolittle, Little Women, Invisible Man... Call of the Wild, the streaming of Hamilton the Musical, Borat 2, My Spy, Extraction, 
The Five Bloods, I think that's actually further down the list, and um, a film called Phineas and Ferb, which we didn't watch, which no. is a, a movie version of a cartoon that I've never seen. Um, and also, what have I forgotten? Tenet. Tenet was massive worldwide. Uh, and Wonder Woman was pretty big. And in the UK specifically, uh, The Gentleman did quite well. That was in the top ten, but didn't do anywhere... That was a film by Guy Ritchie. And you've seen a lot of these. Yeah, a lot of them. Not all. Uh, I don't know, probably 75% of them, maybe more. Yeah, neither of us have seen The Invisible Man. Yeah, I've seen a few more than you. We haven't seen Borat's subsequent movie no. film. We haven't seen My Spy. We haven't seen Phineas and Ferb. And we haven't yet seen Wonder Woman no. 1984 because I'm being a bit tight and I don't want to pay for it until it's a little bit cheaper. No, I'm with you on that. I'll admit that to the listeners. Um, so sh- shall we start with Bad Boys? As that is definitely... Number one. So that's I, number one grossing film. Uh, but, uh, box I, office. Yeah, according to like sites like Box Office Mojo, I think there's a common theme amongst all of these films, which is... Most of them I did not see immediately and then didn't want to see immediately. <laughs> and the rest of this podcast may reveal that I was correct in that judgment. There's a common theme here is I did not want to see them, yeah. but was forced to. Well, no, no, no. Uh, no, some, like Tenet. We've got a whole episode on yeah, Tenet. That's true. So that's listeners true. can go back and listen to that and um, they, we won't talk about that yeah. much more. And um, some of these we have talked about already. But I would say there were at least five or six in the most popular that hadn't even really come on my radar. Well... Or I'd just been like... It's a strange year, though, isn't it? A lot of box office films held back for, you know, for obvious reasons. Can't get full cinemas right now. Um, The Bond film would have been one of them, wouldn't it? So you're saying that you think the list would be different if... Yeah, I don't know how much different, um, but definitely different. I don't know if there was any MCU films that were due out out this year. Black Widow. Black Widow. So that's one. The the next Bond film would have been another. And they they would have done good good business. True, but what I'm saying is... With what we were given yeah. that I had access to, uh-huh. I just I chose not to live, not to watch these movies. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm absolutely shocked to, to see how far my taste and to some extent your taste have moved away from the from main, what is from, considered. Mm. No, no, I don't even know mainstream. Just the most popular. Now we have to think about access. I'm guessing there's something here about the studios thinking, what will get the biggest numbers in? What have we spent a lot of money making? Because it's kind of frightening how big the budgets are for some of these films that kind of then tanked. Partly because of COVID, but also because I think they're not very good. Um, And yes, some some of these films are obviously family friendly, which I suppose I'm not necessarily going to go to immediately. Like I didn't see Phineas and Ferb, probably not going to watch it. I don't don't think it's a cartoon kids movie with a whole backstory and all these TV shows, and I'm like, whoa, I'm not going to understand it. I don't think I'd go to the cinema to watch that kind of film, to be honest with you. But these things are all available on streaming. Yeah, I would stream. I would stream it. I like I like something I don't have to think about too much. If you have access to in the UK, Sky, Disney. Netflix, Amazon Prime, which I'd probably say are probably the big four. Or maybe Apple TV in there. And as maybe well. Apple TV as well, although Apple TV, it just word to the wise, seems to be a more expensive way to watch <laughs> any kind of film. Um, and their original programming is primarily 
TV, although they did make um, Greyhound, which neither you or I have seen, which is a Tom Hanks film. They made the Sophia Coppola film that I watched as well. But I don't think Apple are quite... They're making original movies, not mm. many. But I think Disney gave like this massive access to all of yeah. these films. We'll start with Bad Boys 3. Yeah. What did you think? Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys, Bad Boys, what you gonna uh-huh. do? That did go all the way through the film. Yeah. Yeah. Be honest. This be is honest, the most popular honest, film. Most popular film in the, in, the, in the whole what US or world? Well, I don't, I don't know. It's up there uh, in the world. What did I really Definitely think? Definitely the US. I can see why it does good business. That's what I would say because it, it 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 sort of hits a certain escapist marker. I think is a probably a good thing right now. Did I think it was a good film? No, no. If I'm being honest. I suspect I might be in the minority, by the way, in saying well, that. Well, that's the point. That's the point um, of this podcast. We are in well, the minority. What's wrong with us? Well, nothing. Or what's wrong with Maybe. everyone? Well, okay. Bad, <laughs> bad boys in particular, then. Let's just look at this. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the, the original film was released, what, mid, mid-90s? Yeah, I think it's 1995. Yeah. By my favourite director <laughs> of all times, his debut film. Uh, note to the listener, not Nick's favourite director. Um, yeah, Mr. Personally, Ma- I think Michael Bay films Mr. Michael are... Bay. He does a little cameo in this film as well, to be fair. He does. Although he's not the director. Um, yeah. Um, every, ever since then, every Michael Bay film I've hated, pretty yeah. much. Um, now, when it was first released, it, I thought it was awful, Bad Boys, at the time. I thought it was a bit anachronistic, probably released about... Five to ten years too late. It's like Lethal Weapon, but you know, too late. One, there's nothing wrong with Lethal Weapon. But, Two, yeah. it, it, that's not really truly anachronistic. You're not saying it's a film from fifty years. Ago. No, but I, I know am, what you're saying. You think I films think, have moved on? Yeah, I mean, in that short spell of time, yeah. you just—I I think films have moved on um, a fraction. Yeah. So I hated it. I hated it. Bad Boys. Thought it was rubbish. Wow. I also hated Bad Boys Two. I don't know when that was released. Probably. A few I years don't remember later, Bad Boys but, Two, but I'm pretty sure it's even worse. Okay. It was released in two thousand and three. Right. Okay. Eight well, years quite later. Lot, that's quite yeah. A way, isn't it? Which is not the way they do it nowadays. Now they're yeah. pumping them out every them couple out. of years. Yeah. Can't move for John Wick films these days. Um, so here we are, what, 25 years after the original and about, what, 15, 16 years after... 17. 17 years after the, the sequel with Bad Boys for Life. And it, Not directed by Michael Bay. No, not directed by Michael Bay, but it feels like a Michael Bay film nonetheless. I bet you he produced it. Um, well, he'll probably be on as like an exec producer. And what, and what I now think is... It's just reasserted everything I didn't like about Bad Boys to start with. What didn't um, you like to start um, with? I, 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 it's just the lowest common denominator. For, now, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not against action films. I, I liked Lethal Weapon. I like Die Hard. I'll happily watch those kind of films. But Bad Boys is a really bad example of it, really. Um, Go on. So here we are. Um, it's got a sort of semi-witty script. I mean, it's not bad. You know, there's there's a few chuckly moments. It's similar to those sort of one-liners that you get in Bad Boys. That, that is quite, you know, quite amusing. It's I got, thought it's got some of that. It, it's all it right. It was quite funny. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, I think you're dealing plot-wise with a slightly old-fashioned concept of a. I don't know. It's, it's always a bit sort of almost supernatural. It's a bit witchy and things like that in there. Well, she doesn't really. Yeah, do. she's the, not really. The, but the, I don't know where the you're going with this. Lead antagonist does not perform any actual magic. Um, now I, I, I'll say this. I, I strongly suspect. I have not read this, but I strongly suspect the mm. reviews of it will be 
Luke will be good, actually, probably average to good. Yeah. And, and the reason why everyone would be feel not feeling nostalgic about the original film is going, oh, remember the mid '90s when we watched Bad? That was a good film. Ignoring the fact that we all fucking hated it at the time, or at least I did. I, th- I think you really need to realise that <laughs> loads of people loved Bad Boys. Exactly. I was one of them included. Oh, I did not. Taylor Leone's so finest star. If you, if you, if you're me and you hated Bad Boys, you're going to hate this too. So. <laughs> Uh, that that's the size of it. It's just it's just more of the same. With everyone looking a bit older and Martin Lawrence. Uh, Should we try and Martin Lawrence looking a ease bit back fatter. into <laughs> an objective take yeah, on this film? Yeah. So okay, you watch this film. You didn't really like it. No. Um, the directors are a pair called Bilal Falah and Adil El Arbi, and I'd never heard of them before, and they haven't made many films, but I, I'm going to give some positive takes now okay. on Bad Boys 3 yeah. on the basis that I didn't really like it, and the biggest criticism is that it wants to be a Fast and Furious film. That is a good point. Those directors have literally watched the Fast and Furious... Furyverse? Um multiple times and we're trying to make the same thing and you know what they're not too far away from it the set pieces the visual vibe how nice it makes or how kind of neon but cool it makes um miami at night look all good and there's quite a cool scene where like a car jumps off of a car gets blown up and then jumps off of a car carrier and Mm. there's the classic surface to air missiles which will be making a um come back in this podcast later on for another film um and i think will smith is committing to it i think martin lawrence has absolutely forgotten how to act and the reason why i know this and also uh joey pantoliano who plays like their their boss their detective boss um he every like everyone except for will smith has forgotten how to act because i recommend uh listeners to watch the trailer for bad boys whether you've seen the film or not and see how it compares. Michael Bay can get better performances out of people. He might use twenty five thousand scenes. That's saying something. Oh my god. Yeah, but but well, I just think it's just Martin Lawrence had probably been in retirement, and he should probably have stayed there. He's just <laughs> he, 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 he. Some of the lines are quite good. Yeah, I think but the dialogue his delivery is is yeah. not up to par. Look, I think the dialogue actually. I do think the lines are okay. Uh, that the. Because th- these kind of buddy cop films rely on a sort of... Um, camaraderie yeah, that, between ca- that, the two that, leads. That silly camaraderie yeah. that you get. So I do think that's okay. I'm just not sure this was the sort of time and place to have made this film. It, it, it still feels... Uh, it feels old-fashioned for the same reason that original Bad Boys felt a bit old-fashioned to be. I mean, even though it was released at a time when you might argue we were still making those films, but I don't think we were. We'd already passed beyond that point. So you just, you just, I, I think people have short memories. I mean, I know you said you liked Bad Boys. I know you said you liked it. But yeah. at the same time, um, I think critical reaction to the original Bad Boys is pretty low. Um, and yet those same critics, I would bet you, are probably lauding this one. And I'm thinking, hang on, did you forget the original? I think you need to change your viewpoint. <laughs> you need to get rid of the idea that there were two previous Bad Boy films. And just take this in isolation. No, look at Fast and Furious. It's made billions. Yeah. It, this has nothing to do with the original Bad Boys, except for the original IP, like they like to say, and the familiarisation that people have with the characters. This is basically trying to take some of the Fast and Furious pie. That that That's 
on what the 8th or the 9th it might be yeah I think the next one coming out is Fast and Furious 10 I think or 9 and 10 I don't know (laughs) Um, those films have made so much money that's what this was really trying to do and I've seen worse versions you see I like Fast and Furious films yes this is not this is not Fast and Furious but if you'd have not thought about the bad boys uh, characters and thought again was this like Hobbs and Shaw Hobbs and Shaw was a good film that was like a spin-off of Fast and Furious if it had been more like that then I think then I think I would have liked it more or yeah, you would have enjoyed right, but it I think more. I think Fast and Furious has been a slow burner that they've kind of built it over years adding characters in here and there yeah. but basically maintaining the same concepts throughout and then yeah you get the odd spin-off <laughs> it's been 17 years since... We've only got three films, and, we can, and if we ignore the previous two, this is, is this the beginning of a franchise? I'm well, just I, not sure about they're this. They're going to make... Think about it. The reason why we're discussing it is because it made, relatively speaking, quite a lot of money. Yeah. So they And they have already slated Bad Boys 4. Yeah, it doesn't surprise so me. So <laughs> this is working to some extent. Um, I, you know, the, the plot is like a, a few things that, again... I agree with you from from 20 years ago or something yeah. in terms of like you said yeah. like kind of black magic and this kind of Mexican there's a the the the, the Fast and Furious movies as well there's a big like um, Latinx vibe you know and all yeah. of that Hispanic like Miami, part of things it? yeah and and well but also about the actors that come in mm. and the, the them being at the forefront of the story which I think is a positive thing because they probably aren't you know there's a lot of like most of the uh, superhero movies, the MCU and the Justice League are quite white. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a positive thing, and I think that's probably why. One of the things that I think we're going to see as a thread through this popular movie is that, unfortunately, there's such a dearth of good movies for certain demographics that people who enjoy those movies and fit within that demographic will watch anything they can get their hands on if it's a big enough budget movie. And I think here... I think people of Latinx persuasion are going to be into this because they're like, oh, I see something cool that's action and represents me. Um, And I think that there should probably be more movies to choose from so they don't have to go to this. It is mindless. Is it mindless fun? I'm, I'm not sure it is because they try and make it quite serious. And also Bad Boys, going back to Michael Bay, was actually quite serious. Yeah. Even though there were jokes, it was serious plot about drug running and jokes, you know? So I think that um, they're trying to keep with that, whereas Fast and Furious always seems to be like cars robbing a bank, tech in cars. They keep that thread all the way through. And what is the bad boys thread except... Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. So, well, I suppose that's the, that's the the yeah. nature of a cop buddy film, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's in theory, it's all about the, it should be the relationship, the, the bouncing off each other yeah. that they're supposed to do. But it's not it's 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 not fine tuned. No, enough. No, I agree. Some other things about it. So there are more female characters than I think I've seen before in a bad boys movie, but this doesn't really pass the Bechdel test. Uh, shock horror also spoiler alert virtually nothing we're going to be talking about today passes the Bechdel test so if you're here for some good news you're not going to find it it's made me cry myself to sleep um about the state of modern cinema it does however have the lead antagonist is female there's a there's a co there's a co-lead as well her son Mm. um and he's really quite 
I think evil and that the the film tries to humanize him and I didn't enjoy that the uh the kind of the new lead police officer who they're working with who has her own crack team a bit like Fast and the Furious a bit like any mm. kind of new cop of all, cop film. Of all he's also, a, he's also of all the woman. plot points in the film by the way that that crack team is is the bit that oh bit the bit that sort of is trying to get on board with the Fast and Furious. But I really enjoyed that because I liked the team. I, thought, I you, think. Yeah. I, I think my. I think there's a there's an there's a sort of. It's not like they put the team together. Not like you see this little scene where you where they put this crack team together. No, they just exist. They, they're just there already. True, but they play about with the dynamics. Like they have Vanessa Hudgens in it, who's quite famous from like High School Musical and a lot of things. So so she's one of the people. She doesn't really do that much, but she gets lines. She she does some things. Then uh, you have a couple of other guys, and I think uh, one of them is Charles Melton. They're appealing to the kind of high schooler audience who are growing up with Fast and Furious but Fast and Furious was already there like they were already mm. probably at like Fast Five or something when they were coming in so they kind of that's like younger demographic and I like that and then um, you have this white guy who I don't know who the actor is who is like playing against type where he looks super buff he's got these ridiculous tight outfits on he's really airy and blonde but he's actually like the whether it's believable or not, but he's actually the tech expert, and there are a couple of jokes at his expense. But I think they're in a they're in a kind way. This yeah, film does fine. not have that many white people in it, and that can only be a good thing because it makes no difference to the plot. Mm. Um, you know, and it has a lot of black Americans and it has a lot of Latinx Americans. So I think that's a so that's a good thing. I don't mind that it was ripping off. Fast and the Furious because I like the get the gang together because you, you can't get a franchise unless you've got members I suppose I don't mind it either except I, I, I think if, if you're going to it gonna, was a rip off well if, you, <laughs> if you're going to do that you have to part of the fun and part of it is you see how they put the gang together and how the gang changes over time they could still do and, that in another film well they could but, but in a way that they've already done it because they chucked them all together without any backstory um, yes but um, I think that which I think what, is a mistake what I've learned from Fast and Furious is that you can go back and forward in time you can move things around well yeah I suppose yeah. but I don't think I mean, I, I, the, the formation of the team which probably varies in each Fast and Furious film is is, is an important factor in the plot. Whereas in this, it's just a, a bunch of people, really. That um, well, I suppose so, but exist. I think that team has changed. You said people come in and out. Yeah, they do. But you're saying you needed a Fast and Furious movie one. Yeah, which... But I think Bad Boys 3 is trying to reinvent that. We've talked a lot about this film. I don't want to have it dominate. No, nah, so, um yeah, I wanted to talk about... I think the actress's name is Paula. I can't remember her surname. But the woman who plays the 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 head of that team yeah. who is kind of Will Smith's love interest and I kind of like the way they do it because they don't force it into the plot now interesting fact she is 42 which actually sounds quite old for a love interest general in these films so you're thinking good and then you realise Will Smith's 52 <laughs> so it's like still 10 years younger and she's gorgeous and you know she does a pretty good job in the role I believe her as a, as a police officer but they also have the actress who, play, who played Martin Lawrence's wife all the way from the beginning right? and she is still there playing right. his wife now and she I think is in her late 40s and he is in his 50s so like they've had to keep some of that to make the the plot believable which is that he's still married to his wife and it's not often you see these older women older being over 40 mm. in the most popular action film of last year 
So I commend them <laughs> for having, you know, ticking some boxes of having a diverse cast through age and through racial makeup. It's just a shame that the women are also isolated and don't you know there's there's the 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 only time the the antagonist and the female cop come into contact is in a really negative Mm. way and they don't even really talk they just shoot each other (laughs) um so yes it made a lot of money it's trying to piggyback on something else it's there's a bit of swearing in it i didn't think it was too bad and i actually don't think the violence was there was a there's a cutthroat scene but actually the violence because i think it's a 15 or an 18 and i started to worry uh i don't did know did you feel like i don't feel no, like but it then, was but then i don't really care about that sort of thing i mean i think i think these films are always going to have a degree of violence in them they have to yeah but i'm saying it could have been so much worse i'm i'm, I'm trying to give well, compliments yeah. to bad boys yeah i suppose Three. Not my type of movie. Would much rather watch an MCU film. Didn't have that. Like Will Smith. But, um, you know, we, I think we talked about Gemini Man in another episode yeah. of the podcast. And I was like, this is also just Gemini Man. Well, We're not really getting anything there's, new. There's, a bit of, there's definitely elements of plot elements of Gemini Man, aren't there? They're yeah. definitely... Yeah. And it's even set... Isn't it set in Miami and there's a Mexican connection as well? Uh, well, it, it, I, I don't remember... I, to be honest with you, the Gemini Man was one of those films I tried to blot out my head a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but I think that um, I think that I think the directors need to stop watching other films and try and do their own thing. And I also think that um, Will Smith needs to get out of Miami. Yeah. He obviously just lives there, and he's like, I'm only making it there, or maybe in Georgia, because I know they get credits to make films. Yeah. I'll go from Florida to Georgia, but you're not getting me to Boston, yeah. you know, or uh, <laughs> North Dakota or something. Anything else on? No. Bad boy thing. No. Are you surprised it's the most popular film? I don't know if I'm surprised. Um, I think it's a it's it's the kind of film that w- that will always do well. Mm-hmm. And for the same reason, the original Bad Boys was all, was always going to do well. Doesn't mean it's a good film, and not in my view. It, it could be it could be a lot better and and still make a lot of, a lot of money. I agree. It could have been a lot better. Oh, smelling salts. Don't you have like vet smelling salts, like for cats or parakeets or something? No, they don't make cat. Smelling salts. They should. I have human smelling salts in my human first aid kit. Okay. Come on, buddy. Can't go fast! Where am I? What year is it? Is The Rock president? Whoa, 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 buddy. You're okay. Calm down. Oh, hi, pretzel lady. Hi. Going back to my list... 1917, I feel like we've talked about yeah, previously. It doesn't even feel like a film from last year for me. It feels like... I think like this 19. was the beginning of the year. Yeah. And I think I saw it at the very end of 2019. I don't know. Um, but it might have had a release date in the UK before the US anyway. Wonderful movie. Doesn't even slightly pass the Bechdel test. There's basically one woman in it. So moving on. Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Sonic the Hedgehog, yeah. So that's kind of second place here. Uh, and yeah, I think at the beginning of the podcast, I was mentioning like genre and demographics. So obviously, a family trip to the cinema is a worldwide pursuit. Mm. Everybody wants to do it. You and I both went to cinema from a young age, can remember going with our families, now still go on, uh, you know, as adults. We know plenty of people who've now had children who are taking their kids to the cinema and want to share it with them. Um, so Sonic, I, I understand that. It's something that from the parents' youth, we all played the games when we were younger, and I think kids are still playing the games now, but, you know, gaming has yeah. moved on. But uh, also like a cute little hedgehog. Yeah. 
what did you think of Sonic? Do you remember? Because I think it was yeah. quite a long time ago. It we actually well. did see this. I just think I want. I think I turned it on one afternoon because I thought. Well, I just wanted to see, it. and also I wanted to see what the animation was like. Because I don't know if you remember, if you heard about this, they when they initially showed some of the initial trailers, they made Sonic look like he didn't have a mouth. And like they just did something wrong with like the hair technology, and um, the hair technology. Yeah, he looked. He looked. You love to look it up. It, he looks brutal. And now they've made him a lot more furry and cuddly. Well, as he a, should you be. You think of Sonic? Yeah, is it like a cheeky, cheeky figure? Yeah, cheeky chap. Yeah, collecting his little rings. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad film, actually. I didn't think. Uh, I, what I'd say is, um, movies based on games are is it's a dangerous world to be in that. Yeah, whether it's um, a, for kids or for adults. And, 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 and largely and largely yeah. sort of racked with failures, if I'm honest. Um, I think it works... The, the, you, you get away with it more. It's, it's an easier thing to do to pick a slightly more... Uh, sort of immature character or, or, a, or a game which is played by younger Played by people. younger children, um, yeah. And, and particularly if you then have to animate that. I, I, I think you, you, you're onto something slightly stronger. Maybe with that. an animal-based character. Well, well, well. yeah, I, I'm leading you down the path of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Sonic's here. perfect. Well, now, if I compare it to other yeah. games like Tomb Raider and Assassin's Creed, those films, they're just... Yeah. They're, they're, when you go into live action, you get into a mess. All right, well, let me, let me ask you a quick aside... A new Mortal Kombat film is coming out this year. Do you want to see no, that? No, no. Right. Okay, I, I, without, that's all we need to say. You, don't, you know what? You know what? I, I didn't know that, right? And I, I have not... Mm, I, mm, I, I barely mm, even play mm, Mortal mm, Kombat. I know nothing about mm, it at all. All yeah. I know is it will be a piece of shit. KO, is that Mortal Kombat? No, I think you're thinking... Is that Street Fighter? Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I it might be. Mortal Kombat. But it might be. But my, my point... Or Tekken. Is, my, point being, my point being is they, they are rubbish. They are rubbish. They... they for the most part, they do not. They have not right. got the. Okay, I've got you together. on. I'm, I'm leading you back to Sonic. Back Sorry, to Sonic. that was a quick but, aside. But if you are going to do it, Sonic isn't actually a bad piece of source material to go yeah, from. Yeah, I do wonder if they, I don't um, think they've done it previously. I don't think they have either. Yeah. Um, no, maybe yeah. not. Um, I don't think I enjoyed this film as much as you did. Well, it's, 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 I think I watched it kind of through my fingers because, <laughs> and, and again, it. it I understand this is a podcast that I'm guessing, like, given that we use the word fuck a lot, three-year-olds aren't listening to this podcast. They don't need to know my insults. My insults? No, they don't. They don't need to know those. They don't need to know my insights into family films because, frankly... Like, that's not what we're looking at. And I didn't find any three-year-olds to interview for the podcast. I'm still right. trying. No. That doesn't sound a bit pedo. I'm still trying to find some three-year-olds. Um, so I think, look, I can only look at it as an adult uh-huh. trying to enjoy myself. And there's another film on this list that, that we'll get to where I think it works a bit better, but maybe it's a slightly skewed older group. Um, I thought I, I thought the plot with Sonic was... Fine, and probably quite a good origin story because clearly whenever anyone spends a lot of money on a family movie, they want to make 20 of them. They don't want to make just one. But, uh, you know, James Marsden, I love him, and he is wasted in this film. Probably got paid a lot, though. (laughs) Um, And his wife, and I don't know the actress, she's barely in it. I liked her. I liked the fact that they were, as they say, a blended family, so that was good. 
but and and also but you also have spoiler alert Jim Carrey as is it Doctor Robotnik? Is yeah, that well, and I think he was pretty good. Well, I think it's a role. Th- he this, wasn't fat enough. I imagine thing, Doctor Robotnik this being sort of thing a massive suits character. Jim Carrey. It really suits him down yes, to the ground. Um, well, it, it's it's a throwback to the sort of Ace Ventura mask kind of like throwing idea. his face around, yeah, throwing his face around, yeah. acting a bit weird. Yeah, um, almost it's almost like a watching a sort of stage show of, of Jim Carrey, and the camera's sort of incidental a little bit. Well, and he just for background. He'd kind of he's had some bad press over the years, and he's been in a few things. The last thing I I think he's in some TV show that I didn't watch, but um, he was the last thing I remember. I'm sure he's been in since this. The last thing I remember was Mr. Popper's Penguins, um, and he'd yeah. been away a bit when he made that, mm. didn't he? So because he's think- kind of like a new generation, or. or He's probably a similar age, but I think of him as like Robin Williams. Well, I think he tried to <clears throat> he tried to get serious with his acting a little bit, but yeah. I'm not sure how successful well, that really Man was. Man in the Moon is pretty good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Although, I think although he can that was be. what twenty years ago, God. Yeah, um, but I think I think this sounds cruel, and I don't mean it for any maybe because of the bad publicity that he's had. I don't think people want to see him in a serious role. I think being funny. Is difficult, and so well, when you, you are in his kind of you know well, screwball way, you can still make a good movie and be well, Truman Show. Uh, uh, yeah, That's, exactly. Yeah. It is, and it's a good movie, and it's yeah. it's got a serious point. But ultimately, it is still Jim Carrey acting like Jim Carrey, which is fine because actually people want to see it. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't think Sonic is bad. Um, I. I you got. You got to understand. It is a. It Am is I a, expecting too much? Well, you got to understand. It is a family film here. Yes. So don't expect miracles with the plot or anything like that. It it, it is going to just be a tick box exercise to a yes. certain extent. But it's a safe place to be, Sonic, because you know people are going to watch it. You know families are going to watch it. He's cute. Yeah, he's cute. He's quite funny um, as well. Sometimes yeah, though, he's fine. he. Do you remember the bit where they're in the bar though? They're in the kind of like dive bar. Do you remember when he runs all yeah. around with all the people drinking stuff? That is like. I don't really know how old Sonic is supposed to be, but sometimes he's played a little bit like a little old man who knows too much. And I'm like, okay, you're doing that for the parents, but I feel very uncomfortable. Also, I don't think you need to know that much about the Sonic game to no, enjoy that film. No. I mean, in fact, does he even chase any rings? Yeah, he chases rings. Uh, they, they, yeah, they do things in the film. but uh, Oh, well, mm, it's a bit dubious. Um, but then how could you put rings through? <laughs> uh, but but you know, yeah, that doesn't really matter because yeah. it, it, it's explained within, within the concept of the film but you know if, if you're looking at what you could have achieved what, what might mm-hmm. have happened with that film was versus what did I, I think it could have been a lot worse is what yeah. I would say um, I think you do a lot worse than that alright so it, in terms of the Beckdale test it barely passes it and I don't think we should have this as a rule anymore I think we should expand it and say, you know, you can't just have one stupid throwaway scene and, and make that work because that's not the point of the Beckdale test. There is a family where, like, the sisters, the, the you mm. know, um, uh, James Marsden's wife, I think his wife, sister and daughter, they, they talk about things, but it's literally for a second. And mostly they're talking about Sonic. This is the issue with all of these films. In Bad Boys, the main two characters or the partnership are two men. Uh, they are at least two black men, so that's something. But the mm. Bechdel test doesn't look at race. Um, uh, in Sonic, the main character is a male identifying, I think. You don't really see any furry penis. Um, character. <coughs> so um, you're always going to find it difficult. Uh, also because you have... His friend is male, James Marsden. His antagonist... Dr. Robotnik, Jim Carrey. So you're gonna when they're the the characters most on screen, you're always gonna have difficulty. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't think we're really going to talk about this film, but Onward, I think, was kind of just outside the top ten. Uh-huh. And Onward does pass the Bechdel test because um, even though the main two characters are brothers and therefore voiced by uh, Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, is it? I don't remember. It's definitely Chris Pratt. Um the his mother and then there's a character called Manticore, which is you know the creature but is a female. They have a little adventure and so they get to have a few scenes and and that for me felt like forward progress when you've yeah. got two in in films you can make enough room even if it's not the protagonists <laughs> to have some female characters and I didn't mention this for Tenet but Tenet like Christopher Nolan woeful for his <laughs> trying to pass the Bechdel test and we'll move on from that. Um, so yeah, I didn't quite like it as much as you. Do you, do you think so? The, the, this podcast is about our popular movies. Good. <laughs> do you good. think? Yeah, the, well, you know, you can make that as subjective a term or objective as you want. Mm. Do do you think, as family movies go in the year twenty twenty, is it good? Above average. Okay, that's that's. Um, yeah, good, good's a strong term. Yeah, I'm not prepared to commit. I'm to. not commit, prepared to commit to good either. Um, so on that basis, I think we should move to another film, mm-hmm. which um, I don't think is very good and is in a similar genre, and that is Doolittle. So uh, 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 full disclosure, I did not finish Doolittle. <laughs> I think there was 20 minutes to go, but I had had enough. What did you think of Doolittle? <sighs> where do we even start what a mess so there's someone from the MCU I know he's not playing Iron Man Iron Man's dead I mean like I could I I could sit here and I could say I could go on about it's a wafer thin script I could go on about how it's a movie which is supposed to be funny but with no actual jokes in it but worse than that worse than all of that Mm -hmm. is Robert Downey Jr.'s woeful attempt at what what I think was a Welsh accent but it took me a while to work it out I because why, it was if it was, if it was Wales it was definitely going via Scotland and possibly over into Ireland because you know to God be knows. honest he was giving it all because it was very soft and it wasn't he was very trying. Iron he was Man trying. he was clearly thinking but, I need mm. to do something that's different but, but you know what it's not so much the accent per se it's the delivery of it because he, or the he, necessity he mumbles, for it. He mumbles. Yeah. He mumbles lines in it constantly. But I think he thought that was a choice. Well, good for him. Now, this is a guy, Robert Downey Jr., who can deliver a punchline. I, I think throughout the entire MCU, he's very funny. Yes, you know, he does. He has probably the best jokes, yeah. definitely. Um, but it's he's hard to laugh actor. at anything when you can't actually yeah. hear what the joke is. Yeah. Um, so huge So error. maybe he wasn't confident. I think he actually was choosing to play it that way. Now, Doolittle, based on... Uh, was it originally a book? I think it was yeah, to do. And numerous films, of which there hasn't been one in a while, though, and absolutely ripe for a family film because it has an interesting um, lead character who is surrounded by animals who can talk. So Mm. already I'm like, yes, talking animals, I'm on board. Um, But I I don't know. I don't know why it was so bad, but I genuinely... Couldn't finish it. I just think, and I feel bad saying that. I, I, I just think if it, a film like this, and you mentioned like talking animals, if you've got that at that point, you you, you, you think should be, it should be a home run. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking right. I get some good, cute little one-liners. They're gonna yeah. jo- they're gonna joke about how you know you know MTV generation, but they're animals, so it's funny and all this kind of thing. Well, if you're gonna do that, you better make sure that you hit a, a minimum 
level with your funniness. Yeah. Otherwise, or entertaining. Watch what the hell they're... Yeah, yeah, because because there's different kinds of funny, isn't there? There's laughing at an Iron Man one-liner, but that's for adults, really, within within reason, and it's like snappy. This didn't have to be snappy, but it had to be like of your Disney Pixar level entertaining. Mm. If it could be like um, you know, Wally type uh, you know, visual situational yeah. gags. Yeah. But there wasn't really any of that. There were two, there were so many characters. What did you say Disney and, and, and Pixar use animals all of the time in their in in their in their films. And as long as they've got good one liners, it's fine. It can yeah. work. And I think that the animals were too anthropomorphized. I know that's it. How do you say that word? I don't know. I don't even know what you... Too humanised. Too humanised. <laughs> oh, I'm an adult. Um, their accents wavered. They were all, all the, 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 there was a lot of, I can't, I might be an a animal from this country, so I speak like this, but then also some completely incongruent accents, which I didn't understand at all. Like, I think you mentioned... Um, off mic, Emma Thompson plays a parrot, which of course she does. shouldn't really have of a she cut does. glass because, accent. Because, well, because, well, what accent would a parrot from, you know, well, that's the, the thing. Amazon you have? Can't... They'd have a nice upper class English accent. Yeah, well, then again, though, if you gave them, like, um, I don't know, like a Jamaican accent or something, you've got a whole other problem. No, but exactly. So you give the Jamaican accent I'm not even to, not sure to I another could tell animal, you about and therefore yes. you can still benefit from all the. Yes. You know, it, it, it's that it, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous yeah. place to go. But you know what? All of it will work if it's funny. But if it's not, then it's all pointless. Well, I also think in 2020 you should have learned by now to not like stereotype animals mm. i think you could do that and be more <laughs> subtle i just the anim- yeah they've and stereotypes sorry the, the they voice get it in the neck used. don't they animals <laughs> well no i just mean i shouldn't be feeling uncomfortable when i'm watching this going why is that black actor being forced to play that kind of you know like reggae woke character oh even well, just saying it makes me think I don't like well, I, what I, this is happening I, I think what it can get into a mess is when you yeah. enter into racial cultural stereotypes yes, that, are, that, are, that are modern based um, yeah. um, I mean uh, th- there's always been a thing about one of the Transformers films having those two um, th- th- those two yeah I can't smallish remember what they're trans- called I can't, I can't yes. remember what they're called but, but they, they immediately take on a up. sort of you know Los Angeles kind of South Central kind of vibe and, yeah. and it's a bit of cultural appropriation and, and, and really just there for comic relief and you do think well if that's comic relief it's supposed to be funny I'm not I'm not sure I'm getting the jokes here one's called Skids yeah and oh what's the other one called Skids and Mudflap well that makes sense doesn't yeah. it yeah well, so no in, it doesn't make sense so in, in, in Doolittle you, you, you do have to be careful with it um, yeah. Because you, you can get into dangerous territory. But I, I just... We could go into a lot more time talking about why this doesn't work. And I actually think that is interesting. But frankly, I'm too bored by Doolittle oh. to say, like, why Thoroughly did they, predictable I, script, um, story what, as well. Goodness I'll tell me. you what. I'll give you... Uh, pretty sure it doesn't pass the Beckdale, like I said. Uh, I'm just checking. Um, well, someone said possibly when I looked it up. Jesse Buckley plays... Queen Victoria, and uh, she's far too pretty. And does a massive favour for Queen Victoria, doesn't she? Yes, but let me finish. Um, She, uh, there's a little girl, because there's a little girl and a little boy that kind of fall in love, which is also icky in Doolittle. 
Um, and the little girl talks to her. So well, theoretically, if it's not about Doolittle, icky and then cliche. It God, yeah, say. yeah, yeah. And a little white girl and a little white boy. And I get that Doolittle kind of, you know, old maybe Welsh guy. Why didn't they get Reese fans to do it? it? Would have been funnier. Or why don't they just um, get Robert Downey to, to, to be American? To be, to be normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he can even do an okay English accent. But... Be careful with that. I mean, Johnny Depp yeah. can pull it off when he's Jack Sparrow, but I'm not sure that Robert Downey Jr. could. Yeah, and even then, I think that might have. That ship might have sailed. Um, uh, So, yes, terrible film, boo, and that was pretty high up the list. Now, another film you haven't seen that I've seen, which is also on this list, at least um, in America last year, was Call of the Wild, um, an adaptation of Jack London's book about a dog that goes on a number of journeys in kind of the gold rush era of America. Now, what I would say, what Doolittle had, which which the Call of the Wild fails miserably at. So there we are saying how terrible Doolittle is. But in Doolittle, the animals talk. I'm happy about that. Might not like how they're voiced, but they talk. It all seems fine. I'm on board with that from the start. And they do this little weird thing at the beginning of the film, don't they, where they start with all the animal noises and then you go into one of the animals and then come back out again and then it's all talking. And I like that. It's a nice little entry in. General consensus is that it is CGI and it's not that good. But what I say to those naysayers is, why don't you go and watch Call of the Wild and then come back to me? Because that is the absolute depth of the uncanny valley. So we have a lead character called Buck, who is a big, ungainly dog who shouldn't be living with a family in the first place. He should be in the wild. End of story. It's a Pixar short five minutes later. Job done. Instead, he has to go through a two hours worth of all of these journeys. And this dog does not talk. This dog reacts with big eyes. This dog barks. This dog does a lot of like visual stuff, but very little of it is funny. And this dog does not talk to other animals. So I'm watching the film thinking, I understand. Dogs don't talk to humans. I can get on board with this. And then he meets some other dogs. And I'm like, yes, Buck is going to start talking to animals. No, they all just snarl at each other because... Call of the Wild is about adults watching a dog's journey. Mm-hmm. But it's not Grey Friars Bobby. Do you remember that? Yeah. That at least, like, I don't know, I just was fine with that. This is like this weird, uncanny CGI where you're like, it's not quite a real dog, but they could have used a real dog. <laughs> like, he wasn't doing anything ridiculous. You know, he was jumping in water, pulling something, barking. I'm like, I'm pretty sure a dog actor can do all of this. And so I don't understand what the point of the film was. Harrison Ford's in it. He narrates it. And then I'm like, oh, my God, there's 20 minutes have gone. I'm like, oh, he's not going to be in it. He's just narrating it. (laughs) This is Harrison Ford's on the poster. But he's not. He comes into it and he is part of it as a kind of old trapper um, who had bonds with Buck. But basically, there's a a, a black actor and an actress called Cara G, who I I don't think I've seen before. And um, I think the, the black guy's Omar Sy, who's in a Netflix show called Lupin at the moment. So you do have a, a part of the video where they're together and they're like um, like sledding dogs across Canada. And she is of, um, I think, like a Canadian tribal descent. So like, you know, na- native Canadian. I'm not entirely sure how you'd say it, but mm. like Native American. Yeah. And um, 
or in your world, something like that. Um, and that was really good to have these two people in it. But they'd obviously put them in because otherwise they realised this is the whitest film ever. <laughs> it's also got Karen Gillan in it, who's in Doctor Who and is also in the MCU. And she's in it for like five minutes. And then Dan Stevens turns up and I'm like, yes, it's going to get going. He's going to be funny, at least. And then, no, he's just this really awful, horrible joke of a prospector. So um, you've got a film where... The animal doesn't talk, the animal doesn't look real and you could have had a real animal, but mostly it's you watching what an animal's doing without truly understanding the yeah. animal. And then right at the end, spoiler for Call of the Wild, a book that has been out for, I don't know, 200 years, Buck leaves humans and decides to actually hear the call of the wild and go and live with a uh, northern uh, wolf tribe. The thing that pissed me off is that... If there's, I don't know if there's such a thing, you normally have like white man saviour complex in a movie. I'm going to give you white American dog complex where, I'm, I'm assuming Buck's white as a dog. Um, <laughs> Buck goes, Buck finds this uh, sexy white female wolf, because that's how they're portraying her, and then has some puppies with her. And then he becomes the head of the pack. And I'm like, okay, fine. He does some pack leadership things. He is alpha. I know you need a pack leader. But I'm like, why couldn't he just run off and join the pack? Why did he have to go and become its leader? A whole wild wolf pack in Canada needs a dog, a domesticated dog, to lead it in order to be truly free. So I'll put in order Sonic. Mm-hmm. do little, even though I didn't finish it. And then Call of the Wild. And by the way, it got amazing in that last 20 minutes, too, Little. You, you missed it. You didn't like watch it either, did you? Yeah, you no, have no idea. <laughs> Good one. I don't often turn off <clears throat> to a film, but I have to say, I found it unwatchable. Yeah, so I do... that, it's not even that long. <clears throat> it's under two hours. I think it was one hour 37, yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, it feels like the <clears throat> Justice League. Which, yeah. you and I both made it through four hours of yeah. Justice League, and that's how bad Doolittle is. Kids movies from last year. Yeah. Are they good? Do you do little you could just do without? Quite, I'll give you a short it. answer. No. Can I get this? I'm not going to try to run, are you? Look, if there's really half me on my head, I figure I'm better off with the person who's not going to cut me open. Fine. But if you try to run, I will kill you. I do not care that you're a kid. <sighs> I, th- I feel like we've talked about it on the podcast before, or I have. Jumanji, the next level, uh-huh. I absolutely loved. But I've decided that I'm not going to talk about films I like on this podcast. I'm just going to hate on everything because yeah, it's like. 2020. It's a lot shit. easier to just like films. Yeah, off. J- Jumanji does have some uh, Bechdel passing scenes, but not many. It could have more, and it ha- and it still has some problematic parts in terms of a character also played by Karen Gillan, who when she's the computer game character, you remember she has the 80s crop top outfit on yeah. and even though okay fine each time she's played by a male character they're trying to get around it there's still some problems there with her being the only character really showing off her body and also being female <laughs> did you like Jumanji next level yeah I do actually yeah. I thought um as you say it it, yeah. it it's plays on sort of like um, it's got it's got uh, the rock in it so yes. if it's got the rock in it, it it's he, always going to be okay yes, that's his only film in this in in oh. this list and also like Kevin Hart I can take or leave him but I love him in the Jumanji films mm. I, all, their bond is always good in films but I think it's particularly good in this and that is family friendly I'm willing to say that is a popular franchise long may it continue but just get a bit more female friendly 
Did you have anything more to say? On no, Jumanji? not particularly. No. Okay, Star Wars. I can't. I don't even know if we've. It's even the last one we're talking about here. Rise Star of Skywalker. Yeah, Ooh. So... God, I mean, was it really last year? Is it really twenty twenty? Uh, I thought it was a year, year No, no, no. It came out December 2019, but it was one of the top because so many people were still seeing it into January. So we're skewing the list a bit here. Um, I mean, it's, we could have a whole separate podcast. You about could. I mean, I, I mean, all, all I say about it is, yeah. is, is if you liked the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, you're probably going to like the Rise of Skywalker. If you didn't like those two, you're probably not going to like the Rise of Skywalker because it's kind of more of the same, really. I, I don't think there's a lot of difference. Uh, yeah, I have a weird theory about Star Wars, which like virtually no one else on the planet seems to share, which is I think all of the films are equally good and I don't see any real difference between what J.J. Abrams and what Ryan Johnson do. It, it, that, that's not strictly true. Obviously, they make slightly different films, but I don't, I don't like to compare them. I think all three as a trilogy, absolutely fine. I think I saw them more than all of them more than once at the cinema. I enjoyed myself yeah, every time. Um, I don't think they're bad. Um, I... I... I, I, now is not the time for me to go into it, but I mean, I, I do have a problem with a lack of a, a thread. I think that runs through the film. Feel like but that's because films. of the two different yeah. directors. They should have well, just had we one of this. them make all of them. We say this, but the original Star Wars films were made by different directors, all three of them. So it, it, it's it's not even good that. point. It's not even that. It's to do but with not George. the prequels. They were all made yeah. by George Lucas. Yeah, all made by George, and <laughs> nobody else was allowed in the room. What I will quickly say is that you again disappointing. Uh, Rise of Skywalker doesn't it, it does pass the Bechdel test, but not very often. And mostly it's it's Rey and Princess Leia, and there's something weird about that because obviously, yeah, Carrie Fisher's dead by this point, so they're kind of using not you know I'm sure some of it was her it, it was all her own words and her own thing, but a lot of the time she's away from the screen. It, it it does technically pass. They are talking of things that aren't just men, but like in a film like this with so many characters, including a fair amount of female characters, you could have done this without having to yeah. resurrect your dead actress to get it done. Yeah. So n- not good, JJ. You should be able to do better. I think that's all I want to say on Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, this you're right. We could podcast all night about Star mm. Wars. Um, probably shouldn't. And also, there's probably fifty thousand other podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> about it so now i want to move to action stroke comic book okay Uh, let's talk about birds of prey so you said earlier and i didn't correct you because i forgot that there were no real uh there were no mcu you're you're true you're correct there are no mcu films that came out last year however this is a dcu film now on the basis that i think we've made it clear on this podcast many times before we do not believe that the dcu is in the same league as the mcu (laughs) nonetheless i have now because that's how crazy the pandemic was basically watched every dcu film for a start there probably aren't that many i reckon there's about six seven maybe Um, should i try and name them suicide squad man of steel this is not going to be in the right order justice league the first time uh, Batman versus Superman, yeah. Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Yeah. Have I so, missed any? And this. And Birds of Prey. And Joker doesn't count, does it? Because that's completely different. Yeah, thing. I don't think it's. Um... I feel like I've missed something, but I've seen so, the vast majority. Yeah, so they, they've created. They've, you know, it's. They've, they've never been able to really replicate um, the MCU because they just haven't hmm. quite. They just don't quite know what they're doing no. exactly with it. Yeah. 
Um, some of the, some of the people are cast quite correctly, and some are not. Now, Su- Suicide Squad. Uh, no, no, it's not Squad. Birds of Prey. Sorry. Well, um, Suicide Squad. I, I I didn't like the tone of anyway, and I think Birds of Prey follows it. Yeah, it so does. I some think of right. it are the right. constraint. Now let's talk about how this is the first movie with a female director. Mm. Well. And the only movie on this entire list, I'm pretty... Oh, no, that's, that's wrong. Little Women. Little Women, Greta Gerwig. We'll talk about so, her briefly so, later. Okay, my overall feelings about the Birds of Prey is, again, sorry to say this, but I just didn't like it that much. I don't... I, I, there's something off about it. It's There's a lot of chaos in this movie. Well, I suppose I should use this opportunity in the podcast to call you a misogynist woman oh, okay, hater. fair enough. But now well, I've done let that. let me defend myself by saying I think Margot Robbie was very good in it, actually. I mean, I think she did. Yeah. It was okay. But she didn't direct the film. She didn't she direct, did, she, did she, she didn't produce direct. the film? She well, she done. might have done, yeah. Yeah, like she was. She was done. a producer. Yeah. And I don't blame her because she owns that character, kind yeah. of. I think it's, fair, it's fairly obvious. Margot, certainly Margot Robbie is quite clearly a, a, a very good actress. I think you give her yeah. any role, it's quite obvious that she can really, she can really yeah. do it very well. This is where I say you love her. I do. Um, I, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, oh man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. That was, <laughs> remember whose podcast this is? <laughs> This is a sidebar. I had to defend you the other day because a, a woman on the on Twitter had said, "How many female podcasts are there out there with two female hosts?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah." And, and how? And I'm like, "I have a man come on this podcast all the time, but most of the time I try and get him to talk about uh, women." But it's balanced. You see that it makes the podcast more credible. Um, oh my god! I apologise to everyone everywhere on behalf of Nick. Um, Anyway. Yes. All right, white man patriarchy. Back to Kathy Yan's Birds of Prey Kathy and Yan's the what Birds is it? The Prey. fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. <laughs> Woo! Certainly the longest film um, title I've watched in a while. There are elements of it which I think are quite that aren't that are maybe not original but work quite well. So I mentioned Margot Robbie. I do think she she does nail that Harley Quinn character quite yes. well. It's, it's pretty much same, think, same as Suicide Squad, really. I, exactly but I think, she, I think she's better in this. With more room to grow, which you could only have with Harley Quinn being detached well, she's, she's from slight, Joker. She's slightly psychotic in um, in um, Suicide Squad, yes. without really any explanation. And, and this she's humanised a bit more, definitely. Yes. Um, she has uh, a pet there, there are There are <laughs> there are sort of directorial styles that have been used. Like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of voiceover in it. I, I think a little bit too much. But which is I, which is Harley Quinn's voice. Which is it's Harley her, Quinn's isn't voice, it? Yeah. Which I question a bit about whether you needed that much in there. But, it, but it's, 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 it's a done comic for, book. Yes. Thing. Well, yeah. I think slightly, and I think yeah. it's done for sort of for, for laughter effect as well. Yeah. But then there are visual things that they do. That there's a lot of on-screen bits and bobs coming up in the sort hmm. of like. A, it's, a, it's a bit. It's when we saw it, we commented. It's not dissimilar in that respect for Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I mean, a, a, in in a sort of. Slightly so more video game than yeah, comic. slightly work. more video gamey. Yeah, but that's not necessarily a again works all right. Actually, I think that those are those are some good positive elements. Did you like the other characters? <sighs> Do you remember any of the not, other characters? Well, they're not. They're, Shall I read out some of their there's, names? There's, there's, the, there's the sort of there's the sort of thieving <laughs> girl, isn't there? Um, the young one. Yeah, which she's called Cassandra Kane. <sighs> there's also Black Canary. Huntress. Mm. This is why I don't. This is why I don't like the, the uh, DCU. Well, I think the problem is not that we don't know the characters. It's the fact that Birds of Prey assumes that everyone watching it has read 
all mm. of these comics. Yeah. And, and, you know, I like being challenged. I talk all the time about how I don't want to be spoon-fed thing, but this goes in the completely opposite direction. It's well, supposed yeah. to be an origin story, and it doesn't even tell you the names of half the people. I am reading these names off, because there's even a running <laughs> joke. Isn't there a running joke with Huntress that she's trying to introduce herself yeah, all the time? Yeah, there is, yeah. And I'm like, if you're making that kind of joke, that meta joke, you, you have completely misunderstood your audience because your audience wants to know and your audience which is also more female and dare I say a stereotype less likely to have read all of these well, old well, DC well, comics well here's the comparison well, if you're going to create the Avengers you, you need a preceding Iron Man Captain America and Thor film just to create a, some kind One of film background each. Yeah. Yes. now you can introduce you'll introduce other characters in the Avengers but you have to have that core yeah. now the problem is with this we, we've only ever we've only seen Harley Quinn once before in a sort of ensemble cast anyway. Yeah. The others we'd never seen before. So you're trying to cram origin stories into... Now, um, Zack Snyder tried to do that with his four-hour Justice League thing and we ended up with a four-hour Justice League thing because yeah. that's what you have to do. I just wonder whether or not you just, you're just trying to cram too many characters in there. Yeah. And, and all of that, in my view, leads to chaos. It, total chaos. It is chaotic. I actually did enjoy it more than... Suicide Squad because I could feel Kathy Ann trying to make it for women and I know that that, that doesn't that shouldn't mean I, I think you said something to me off mic didn't you about uh, I think you should do you remember your, your point it? It, it was along the lines of just because it's got women in it it doesn't mean it's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, uh, you got away yeah. Uh... yeah and and I agree do I think this is good? No, not really. I don't like the tone. I don't like the violence. I did enjoy some of the stylized fighting. Yeah, I if if I and I a... think Kathy Ann comes from a from a like I think her style is more adult and feels more you know visceral. Do you know what? I don't mind the stylized fighting yeah. at all. If I have a complaint about that, is it? And uh, this is probably the worst insult I could I could ever give to <laughs> anybody who likes DC Universe. It reminded me a little bit of the Joel Schumacher sort of Batman and Robin, Batman Forever type films. Yeah, but mu- but much more violent. Was, they were fun. Know, were they? They weren't good. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah? remember having fun in. Is that George Clooney? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. films are like Camp as Christmas. Yeah. I love I, it. They, they Why is Christmas camp? camp? That's stupid. I don't know how to say that. But in any event, um, it, 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 it had a similarity to it. it. It's more the visuals of it, of the, of the slightly mm. crazy, let's all wear a skull mask. And, and, it, and I think I think it's dangerous, this. Yeah, and also... also sorry, what you well, so you've got to remember, at this point in Batman's film evolutionary history... Or hang the, on, hang on. Justice sorry, League's Batman. Well, well, I'm saying in the DC... Oh, no, sorry. In, all... in the DC universe, right. Batman. We have, it's complicated. We have, now, and although this isn't part of our, our, the current... DC yes. format. We have had in the near past the Dark Knight trilogy, mm-hmm. so the standards are set are fairly high, and, and I think you've got to be careful with it for that reason. But but I don't think I think DC is is doing something different. I think you need to take Nolan's Batman out of this because that is a separate thing that exists on its own. It's like if you want if you want camp, if you want fun, if you want to don't take it seriously, then go to Joel Schumacher or go to Tim Burton. Frankly, mm. if you want, yeah. I think looking back, I think they're much better than Schumacher's. Sorry, just yeah, no, no insults, Tim Burton. But you know, if you want a more fun, low, low stakes and um, family favorite, you go there. If you want 
high level, thoughtful, let's make this as realistic as possible, you go and watch The Dark Knight or you watch that whole trilogy. When you go into this iteration of the DCU as a whole, they are taking different directors for each film. They don't want homogeneity. They don't want homogeneity. Is that how you say it? They don't want homogenous films. <laughs> this is going to be the podcast where I can't speak. They, they, they don't want the films to be all the same. They, they want some, they, they, they seem to be cap, trying to capitalise well, to on difference. So you bring in you bring in <laughs> well, Kathy Ann. At least you've got a well, woman making. To be fair, it, you, also they have two female to, to directors. Be, to be fair, it's not as if like you know we'll, we'll have a go with Man of Steel. Oh well, screw that one up. Let's have a go with Batman versus Superman. Something different. Well, that got even worse. And then let's try just. So it's not as if yeah, the, the have, other formulas had really worked. But you haven't well. mentioned the ones that have worked: Aquaman, Wonder Woman. Yeah, they think, are better examples, standalone movies that, to me, are more entertaining and don't have that. Don't know where to sit this in terms of lightness and darkness um, tone. This, this is quite a. I think this is a dark movie in the way that Jared Leto's Joker is infected or just the, the concept of the Joker has now infected all of these movies <laughs> that they have to be like goth psychopathic. There's just, it's just not a tone that sits comfortably with me, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be commended for being different. Well, I, I'm, look, I, I don't mind any of that, but you, but you've still got to... Without, oh, I, it's difficult to put my finger on it, but you've still got to create at the end of the day a good film, and and, and, what, what, and whatever that means, and, and it's it's a it, it's a an amalgamation of everything, of the script, of the acting, of of the set, of of the everything that everything that you're putting together on there, and this to me, it, it's it's like trying to cram too much into too short short space, mm-hmm. and. The result is is messy, very messy. I, I it's one of those films that I just I'm not sure I I, I would have made that film, quite frankly. Well, I think you're not Kathy Ann. I, I can think, tell by I looking think, at you. I think a Harley Quinn origin story might have been a better option. So you think this was the film to make after? Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think the the I think the acting was good. I think the the female leads all like looked. Super powerful. I believed all of them. So it's Mary Elizabeth Wanstead, she's Huntress, and Journey Smollett is Black Canary. And I thought they looked amazing and their fights look, looked just as good as any male-on-male yeah, character yeah. fights. I thought, yeah, I still think it had a comic book tone. I think Ewan McGregor wasn't very well cast. Oh, I didn't yeah. like his baddie, who I can't remember what he's called. Oh, Black Mask. But he only puts on the mask for like two seconds at the end. You Where are right. You are right about us supposed to be knowing who Black Mask is going into that film. And I yet we never... I anybody is except either. for... If it ain't Batman Harley or Superman, Quinn. I've got a yeah. clue quite Yeah. Um, um, and I... And I'll tell you who I did like. Do, do, do you remember Chris Messina? He was in I Care a lot as well. He is, he is putting in a really nice, like, bit part... Like character actor mm. thing. Twenty twenty was the year of Christmas, so he played the henchman who wanted to cut everybody's faces off. He had kind of bleach blonde hair. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember him? And in care and in I care a lot. He played the lawyer, the flashy lawyer. Yeah. He just I just put him in every film. I don't care if this is a woman <laughs> podcast. Christmas scene makes these makes these things better. Obviously, it passes the Bechdel test, so that's good. Um, and there's something to be to be said for this film where a lot of the characters, even though, you know, you have got Ewan McGregor, a lot of the characters are women. And Harley Quinn is the only character who's, you know, IP from another Justice League film. For that to be in the top ten 
mm. is a success, isn't it? To the idea of female starring hard action comic book movies. Yeah, it says that, that women can make a shit film in exactly the way in the same way <laughs> a man can make a shit film. I don't I'm not willing to say I'm not willing to say it's shit. I don't think it's shit. I think it's a tone I do not enjoy. But I did I tell you what I did enjoy, the last twenty minutes. Doolittle will never know. But I, I was, think it, was androids in the it last became years. really cohesive when all the members of the Birds of Prey, before they'd named themselves the Birds of Prey, all came together and started doing things together. So if the origin is of the Birds of Prey, it didn't do a good job in establishing why, who is who and what we should and shouldn't know. But it did do a good job at a cohesive story about how these people all came to be together, even if... The style. Like, some of the cinematography was just as good as Bad Boys 3. Both of those films have this really nice neon, <laughs> mostly night. Like, although I'd say Bird's Place flatter, isn't it? It's that kind of flat, bold colour. And Bad Boys was bright, shining neon. Both of those <laughs> films had a palette that is not my favourite, but that really sold the story. Do you disagree? I think it looked pretty, but I think, but I think Batman, but I think that the. There's you, three hang on, going up to well, Kathy Ann and saying, oh, your well, film no, looked really pretty. It, it, I think, I think you, you show me a DC film that doesn't look pretty. It, it, it's a, it, it's, well, it's, I don't it's, know, Justice League, four hours. It's mostly it's half black and white. Well, yeah, it does actually, there are bits of it. Um, but we can't count that. No, that's wrong. Um, it does look very pretty. With, um, what's his name? Uh, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf looks gorgeous. He does. In Justice I'll, I'll give him that. Wild, He's very that shiny. Um, <laughs> I, I I think you know ever since the Tim Burton days, Bat- Batman has been a relatively uh, the DC universe has been a very easy thing to put onto screen because it has a darkness to it anyway. I think I think DC is synonymous with that sort of darkness, and I, and I don't think I don't want darkness in a pandemic. Well, yeah, you don't, but but birds fun. birds of prey is not dissimilar to that. There's a certain it's sort too of dark, dark, right. dark colourfulness to it. But that's what that is actually what reminds me of the Joel Schumacher films, I think. There's a sort of dark, flamboyant colour coloriness to it. I'm like, mm, so okay. on that on that basis, maybe it met the brief. We just don't like the brief. Maybe. I don't know what the brief really was. Um but but yeah, well Dark colourful. Well who knows? <laughs> Fight. Fight. Lots of fights. Yeah. But that did pass the Bechdel test, did in- introduce or reintroduce some interesting actresses, gave Margot Robbie something to do, and proves that you can have a superhero action movie where the majority of the cast are women. Mm. Next, I there are I've seen Hamilton. I loved Hamilton. I think I've mentioned it on a previous episode. You haven't seen it. It only really barely scrapes by the Bechdel test. And yeah. of course, it's about the founding father, so it's never going to. Also, Latinx and, and uh, black cast. Uh, a lot, uh, you know, that was the whole point of it. So, fantastic. So, in terms of moving forward racial diversity, we're doing quite well. Yeah, we haven't seen Borat's subsequent movie film. No, not yet. And I haven't seen My Spy, which w- which would have been quite good to to watch as well, because obviously you know another family mm. uh, film, uh, so we can't talk to that. But what I think we can talk to is moving now from action superhero to pure unadulterated adult action, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about what are you talking about? 
<laughs> you don't know from that description. <laughs> Extraction. Extraction. Right. Yes. I think, yeah. Of course I knew that. Go, going back to the beginning of the podcast where I said homework. Yeah. This is actually quite a lot of homework for me. And, you know, that's stupid on my part because I come up with these ideas. Extraction's a film, when it came out, I heard a lot of people talk about it and I was like, please, this is so not for me. I don't want to go anywhere near this. It looks, I think it's 18 rated. It looks hyper violent. It's about men fighting men. I don't really know the story, but it just looks like it would really stress me out. Mm. It wants to be born, but it's low budget born. And uh, surprisingly, it was better than I thought it was going to be. You went in with low expectations, though. Yes. And I'm not saying I loved it. I'm just saying my low expectations definitely were met and possibly <laughs> exceeded. Yeah. The low bar that you set it, yeah. it, it just about cleared. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That being said, it's not without its problems. No. What did you think no. of Extraction? Um, the, we should say the Chris Hemsworth Chris vehicle. Chris Hemsworth vehicle. Well... I mean, there's there's a sort of formula that you can follow in, in with with films, and and it can work. It can work. It can work quite effectively. And it's just a pure kind of almost one man on a mission, sort of almost revenge style mission, yeah. or although it could be rescuing someone, something like that. So I think Man on Fire, or I think John Wick is not dissimilar as well. Um, and it's in that kind of mould, really, of. But whereas certainly John Wick is highly stylized, this this is they've attempted to ground this a bit more in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know what I really think. Um, I I give it a sort of a B minus overall. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not giving it great score. Um, and it's not because of the amount of violence that it, yes it's a violent film but you can't watch this kind of film and expect it not to be violent no no, no just... I think it it, 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 it and, you know laid itself bare it said this yeah. is what you want you horrible yeah. audience um, you want some really like horrible violence the, here you go have it have it quite, on the there's top quite top. a lot of you know Chris Hemsworth doing these incredible little quick moves where he shoots this guy pulls out knife kills that guy gun behind the you know all, the, all that yeah. kind of stuff and, the, and they're a little bit Long and a little bit extended, and a little bit and a little bit stylized too much. Um, by by, and, and I think that's a problem when you've got a grounded film. If, you, if you're creating a universe where where you know these people are real, then you're kind of then then you can't have John Wick style moves in it because if you do, it it, it then looks like you're you know glorifying. You the are violence. absolutely um, right. All of the violence in this film was one hundred percent believable, but mm. that's something that I'm not necessarily looking for. However, in order to understand the seriousness of it, I suppose you can say portraying it as bloody and horrible mm. maybe does help with um, that. As you say, I don't think it's without its flaws. Mm-hmm. I, I, there are various relationships in these films which I don't think are properly developed. When all said and done, we're just we're just following Chris on his mission and and hoping that he succeeds. And his uh, like you know sort of antagonist, fellow protagonist, who's yeah, played yeah, but we're not, by Randeep Hooda. Yeah, but we're not, but we're not really called. though, are we? He's kind yeah. of he's kind of something, but but he he's not properly. Sa- Rav. He's just not really developed as a character. It, 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 it's he's okay, but he, you need more from him in effect. It, it's it's. 
Well, that's because they couldn't do that because they spent all the money on hiring Clearly. Chris Hemsworth. They spent all the money on yeah. Chris Hemsworth's little gun moves and couldn't do anything else with it. Um, I think the relationship between Chris and his the person that this little kid he's protecting is is a is a game one that's slightly underdeveloped. It, it's it's not entirely believable. Mm. Uh, it, it just it needed didn't need much. I think it needed one or two more fractional scenes here and there, just so you get that emotional connection. So the so the plot of the film obviously involves the um, uh, rescue of well the extraction, the extraction. if you will mm. of a, a teenage boy who is the son of a drug dealer and is caught by and is taken by fellow drug dealers trying to get on the turf I don't really know some enemy well. of the drug dealer guy who's in prison um, and it's mostly in Dhaka in Bangladesh yeah which I mean well hang on there's good and there's bad right? Let, let's talk about the good the good is I don't see that many films that are set in Bangladesh, full of Indian and Bangladeshi mm. actors, of which it was. Yeah. There are a lot of people in this film who are non-white actors who I've never seen in anything before because I don't watch a lot of Bollywood or other films, to my shame. Um, and I was equally invested in them as I was any other person in an action film of this nature. And um, it was quite funny when David Harbour showed up because it was like oh there's new from Stranger Things uh, and Hellboy and also he's a big guy so it's like you know this film is full of big men um, so, so that was the good you know all of these people hopefully got paid a packet and th- I don't think this film would be nearly as successful if Chris Hemsworth wasn't in it but Chris Hemsworth could could have decided to have made a film that is just full of white people or is in America or is in Australia. Yeah, that's true. So that is the good. But the bad is how Dakar, how the people and the life is portrayed. I don't know if you want to say a bit well, more about Well, I would say, that. I would say, I have, I have never been to Dakar. Me neither. But I would bet you any money, any money, that if you're from Dakar, you watch that film and think, it doesn't look anything like Dakar. Well, no, firstly, I think you think, oh, my God, there's a Hollywood movie on well, Amazon that's set here. And then you're like, hang really on it? a minute. Yeah. I think it's a bit like, you know, there's there's this show Gangs of London. It's, it's like setting a film. It's like it's like watching Training Day and assuming that if you're wandering around L.A., that's what it's like. Right. And, 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 you're going to get gunned down. Yeah, you're going to get gunned down any moment. And of course, it's clearly not true. But so, the problem is because there aren't that many films set mm. in Bangladesh... Us white Westerners who don't travel enough, particularly at the moment, mm. are going to get, or the average stupid person is going to get a sense that that's what it's like. Yeah, I think, I think, and then there's the, and then on top of all that, of course, you've got, notwithstanding the fact that you've got quite a lot of cliched, tropey characters in there, the the, the corrupt sort of, cr- you know, crime lord who runs Dakar. And, and the guy with to, all of his chains yeah, on. And, you know, he's got great jewels. I mean, I, if I was... if. If I was thinking about how, how I should dress as that, I'd be mean, right. I'm the crime lord of Dakar. I'm going to be right. I need a white suit, some sunglasses. Yeah, it, it's it's a bit cliched, isn't it? That it also has the power to close off the city, by the way. True, true, and that's realism <laughs> is not something this film is going for. No, it's not. But what I would say is that uh, that. I hate the cliches and I enjoy the cliches at the same time. Why shouldn't there be a Bangladeshi drug baron who's also really, really rich and being an idiot well, and has a gang of little boys? Nothing wrong with it. It's just that if, if, if you wanted a cliched Asian gangster, I, I reckon that's what he'd look like. I'm not sure this film is believable. Like, <laughs> no, it's not, obviously. So obviously but... this is the second film on our list now which follows 
after 1917, this very very video game style. Yeah, it was narrative. That, that, is, that is the description. It's actually, yeah. it's 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 a perfect meld of 1917 and um, Born in terms of the execution. The director, who was a former stuntman, and I think partly he's made the, or probably still is a stuntman, he is Chris Hemsworth's stuntman, I think, and has worked on the MCU. I think that's part of the reason how he got the money to make the film. Because obviously he's got an eye for the stunt. You you, you can't really fool. Oh, yeah, that's All fine. of the, this is probably fact, some of the best action well, scenes you, You'd have to seen. say, if that's his background, you'd, yeah. if there's one thing about this film you'd expect to be flawless, yeah. it would be that. Yeah. But 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 it was, you know, in, in this year, I hate all this violence, and yet we have the bad boys, we have Birds of Prey, and we have Extraction, and all three of them are delivering something different. I yeah. fucking hate all of it, but at least <laughs> it's different. Um, what do you think of Chris Hemsworth turns up in Dakar as the, as the only white guy yes. and, and saves the day? So you know I was talking about Call of the Wild, mm. and I was talking about Buck, the, the mm. white dog saviour. Yeah. This is the white saviour complex, yeah. which you probably know is quite yeah. a common trope in films. Um, I would say they skirt the edges. Mm. I have seen worse movies you know, you could argue quite a lot of the Indiana Jones films might go along this line. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, could. there's you the, uh, and could. a lot of films from the eighties. So I would say, even though he is the extractor, I think the Hemsworth character is—I'm not going to say multi-layered or anything like that—but he's not a cut, you know, a good guy, and the Bangladeshi guy is a bad guy. Just, do you see what I mean? They're both kind of bad so the guy who's also trying to help extract him or is trying to extract him for himself it's complicated i didn't understand um so so i think and especially as the film goes on they start to work less against each other and more together i think that manages to steer it away yeah maybe but the sheer fact of having hemsworth as that character but you weren't going to make him he wasn't going to sign on to this no, unless he no. was the lead no, i know I'm just and so... would we have watched this if it was all indian well, and bangladeshi exactly. actors Look, I, i'm just throwing it out i'm gonna say probably not I'm just throwing it out there, unless so. dev patel was in it or someone i recognize which is terrible we always do gravitate towards what we know or familiar with when we just want to sit down mm. and enjoy a movie so this brought something to to us yeah. that I don't think would have would have watched if it wasn't for the fact that one yeah. lots of other people watched it and yeah. two Chris Hemsworth was yeah. in it what do you think I think that's probably true um I don't know I mean would it have made a difference would I have watched it maybe not don't know a good film's a good film and I'm not saying this is a good film by the way I think it's okay I don't think it's all right. Well, I can ask you that. I can ask you that. Well, let me let me first say. Guess what? It doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Oh my God! Mm. There is one woman in it. She is flipping amazing, and I I <laughs> think I'm going to murder pronunciation of her name. I think her name is Golshifteh Farhani, and I'd like to apologise because I probably I think it's Arabic, and I probably don't think I've. I've um, pronounced it properly but I love her because she's a mercenary yeah. and she gets to fire a missile at a helicopter and I have never seen a woman do that in a film I don't think <laughs> um, does she talk to any other women of course not but and she's not in it long enough but she's great yeah she's okay she's she? really good and then the only other female character is um, uh, the wife of Saji Rav, so the, 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 the other extractor guy, the Bangladeshi extractor guy, 
Um, do you remember? And he calls her up. And I actually quite like that scene because that did more to humanise his character than half the stuff that Chris Hemsworth has to do trying to develop this relationship with a boy. Where halfway through the film, you're like, why does he care about saving this boy? He's going to get $10 million to let him die. <laughs> let him die. And then you find out, oh, it's not exactly a fridging, but it's almost a fridging where you find out that he had a son who died because Hemsworth wasn't around. He had cancer, didn't he? Something but you don't like you don't even see it, you hear about it, and then his wife's not talking to him anymore. And I'm like, look at you shooing in some kind of heart in this movie. I have a slight problem with this because I, I think if you're gonna create this kind of emotional flaw in your in your hero and, and create quite stylized violence, and then the whole package needs yeah. to be quite stylized. It all has to be slightly non-believable. A bit like John Wick. So so yes. so that you're not if you but but if you're going to create a similar character, a similar slightly flawed character, mm. and then and and then have him go around killing people, you know, mm. like a computer game, as you say, um, it, it's disingenuous mm. because for all the for, you know for all the hurt that he's feeling inside, mm. well, he's just dished it out tenfold to yeah. all these randoms that probably I mean, have wives and kids at home themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let let's t- talk about ludo narrative dissonance. That's a really good um, segue. So. When I was watching this film, all I could think about was Uncharted. So there are five Uncharted computer games, and basically, people say that you don't make, that people can't make, you said it earlier in this podcast, mm. that people can't make good uh, computer game film adaptations. And I would say this is almost an adaptation of Uncharted, except for it's taken away all the good things in Uncharted, which are the wise-cracking hero in Nathan Drake and the jokes along the way, which is the, which yeah. humanises him, and just leaves you with what's known as ludonarrative dissonance in gaming, which is where you really like your... You're supposed to like your hero, but he's also killing thousands and thousands of people, but that's okay as long as he protects the one or two people that he loves. Yeah. And and like the uh, extraction copies Uncharted Four mm. quite shockingly in parts. It's uh, I don't know how often you see a, a a film copy the plot of a video game <laughs> without it being a video game movie. But yes, exactly as you said, you have to have it realistic all the way through. Or you have to have it unbelievable because now we have the dissonance of thinking. Mm. The moment you make it. But then Chris Hemsworth is—he doesn't say he's a good guy. No, he doesn't. But 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 you are you are invited to identify mm. with him as a viewer. Obviously, mm. I, I just think if, if you're going to create a a character that's going to go around killing lo- mm. loads of people, the whole thing has to be non-believable. The whole it has to be a bit, a bit of a laugh in in some respects. The moment you the moment you try to earth it. Uh, the, yeah. the, then as a viewer you're just sat there going well, how, how many people are dying for this you know yeah. how are they going to uh, clear up Dakar yeah. after this because you've ruined apparently the whole yeah. city and surroundings yeah I don't know okay the question is extraction good B minus that's what I'd give it okay <laughs> have I given any other grade to any other film probably not but I'm giving that a B minus uh, okay, is it the best film that you've seen of, uh, on this popular of this, list? Of this podcast. Mm. Uh, well, let, hang on, let, let me take some out. 1917, I yeah, think, is out. your favourite film of this list. Yeah. And my favourite film of this list is, is Tenet, closely followed by Little Women. For me, they are just two films that are designed to appeal yeah. to me, so I was always going to like them. I don't know, maybe you're, maybe, apart from 1917, maybe your favourite is Sonic? That seems to be the most positive. I gave, I gave that above average. Yeah. I had a different grading system back then. I gave it above average. 
Do you remember? But you know what? B minus is probably about the same. It's probably about above average, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, I'd probably give it about the same. Um, Anything else you want to say about extraction? I think it's... If if, if you've got a spare couple of hours and nothing else to do, it's probably... You don't mind a bit of violence. It probably is worth a watch. We haven't talked about Invisible Man. It's kind of a shame because it probably would have helped us tip the balance and also showed like a horror film in there. Uh, Very few of these are going for any awards this year. Uh, we, we we briefly mentioned *The Five Bloods* and that that was doing quite well. But yeah. I have I have feelings about that film. In terms of Bechdel's test, you know, to not even pass with what so many of these films utterly fail. Now, you have the issue with *Bad Boys*. That well, you could have made it past, but so many of these films have central characters that are men talking to men, or are male animals talking to male animals. You know, they could have fixed <laughs> so much of this. So I would say I give them a D for pushing the the case forward. But in the US top cinematic ten, you've got Little Women and Birds of Prey. Mm. So they're, they're, when there's some good, there's some really good. But as I said to you off mic. Why should a film have to be made by a female director and full of female characters in order to pass the Bechdel test? It, we're only asking for a conversation between two women that's not about a man. Little Women's sake. quite impressive to make it into the US top ten, isn't it? Really? Yes, because, it really is. Um, it being Let's yeah, end on a high note. Well, it being a period drama in effect, um, normally expect to see that, would you? With, uh, with, men, with men or women, quite frankly. Yeah, but also, apart from like Timothy Chalamet, basically all female mm. characters. Mm. Um, yeah, an adaptation of something that's been made before. More than once, although the, the Winona Ryder one was the 90s. Um, but, but yeah, and by... Uh, yeah, to have two female directors in the US top 10... The UK, the Little Women's in the top five as well. It's only in the top ten in the US. We should end this by saying, I think overall, popular movies are not that good. I think that particularly the family-friendly children's movies are, I weep for the youth of today. They deserve something better. I wouldn't have watched them when I was a kid anyway, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, but you would have watched a Disney movie. Um, I might have done, might not have done. So, I probably would have watched Extraction. Is what I'd have oh my god! Yeah, when you were five years old, well, probably. Not five, but that explains so much. Ten, I would have watched Extraction. I, I still think that, in a way, the MCU being something that brings together kids and adults has kind of ruined children's films because um, we haven't talked about Soul because Soul didn't appear in any of these lists. But Soul is basically an animated film for grown-ups. It's not really a film for children. At least onward, I felt like at least, you know, your 10-year-olds could probably get something Mm. from it, definitely. Um, And onward's just outside the top 10 in America. Doolittle is frankly bad. Sonic is promising. Um, And what was the other one? Call of the Wild, no. (laughs) I I want to run out and go and be a wild dog now because I I don't want to look at my computer screen anymore. Uh, do you think 2021 is going to be better? I don't know how normalised that list really is. and It remains to be seen, doesn't it? Do you think, well, A Time to Die has got Phoebe Waller-Bridge helping to write the script, but they brought her in because they knew this was a film that was probably not going to pass the Bechdel there. So <laughs> I've, 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 that's good. Black Widow is an MCU movie, but mm. the reason why they made that film is because they killed Black Widow. So that is an apology to Scarlett Johansson. Well, we'll see. I, 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 I suppose the question is, 
um, have they held back the better films? Yeah. We'll, we'll find well, out. Well, they're supposed to be a um, West Side Story. Ooh, I'm not looking forward That's to that. That's not going to be... Well, it's been by Spielberg. But, you know, he's been a bit up and down of late. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I had two hours of life watching Cats. So... I'm not getting that back. I'm still, I still enjoy Cats more than Doolittle. Do Saying thank you, Nick, for talking to these girls. Um, I'll give it a D overall <laughs> on the report card. I'm looking for better in 2021. Where films last year excelled, they really excelled, but mostly popular films aren't good. We should all do better. <laughs> Yay, you've made it to the end of the podcast again. Thank you for sticking with this to the bitter end and all of my bitching about these movies. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it and send us an email or drop us a tweet to the details in the show notes if you've got anything to say. Uh, I'm playing out with what is still a banging tune the updated version of the bad boys theme till next time bye